you know, it was some time ago that the Lord started, uh, uh, I believe, dealing with my heart about praying for, for healing more, you know. And, and, you know, we need not get, uh, you know, the Bible says to don't, don't, not to grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't uh, 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 lose heart or you don't faint, you know, if you don't give up. And, and so, uh, you know, even if, if it's, you know, uh, if we prayed for something and it hasn't come to pass, we just pray for it again. We'll just keep praying for it, praying for it. Because we, you know, we just we're gonna trust God that he'll, he'll be true to his word and, and, and good to his word. Amen. And I'm so thankful that we serve a God like that, that we can trust, you know. And I, I've learned this over time. I've learned that just, just sometimes healing doesn't come instantly, even when you've prayed for it, even when you've asked for it, you know. And there's, there can be various reasons for that. But none of that's our concern unless it needs to be our concern. And if it's our concern, God will let us know it's our concern. But otherwise, we do what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible tells us to pray and to pray in faith, trusting God. That's what praying in faith is. And so we pray in faith. We trust God as we pray for these things. And we, we trust him that if he's brought it up on my heart, and actually I was supposed to do that last week, um, uh, and, and I didn't, just because it was at the beginning of the service, and sometimes when things like that come to me at the beginning of service, I don't always, unless I fully know that, that God wants me to do it, I don't always like to jump into it, because it seems like it kind of pulls out of the the, 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 the ability to preach sometimes, you know, you know, I'm not saying always, but sometimes. So I just want to make sure, you know, I'm, I try to be very careful about how I step and walk these things out because I want to be accurate in them. But at the same time, you know, I, I feel like that if it was something that needed to be moved on, that the Lord would have showed me that. Um, so I was okay with doing it. And the Lord just brought it up. I wasn't thinking about it, but he brought it up again to me. <clears throat> tonight as I was uh, I was praying. So praise the Lord. Amen? Lord. Glory to God. And I like to just share things because, you know, this, this, this whole thing, this whole uh, thing with walking with the Lord, you know, walking these things out, we don't know every step. Every, every step of the way. We don't always know what we're going to do next, what he's going to ask of us next, but we trust him. We learn to trust him. You know, I, 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 my wife was talking a little bit about Kenya, you know, and it's just, it, it is amazing to me. I'm already like being blessed by these people and I haven't really met any of them yet. There's already a connection. I was talking to our friend Michael today and, and I said, you know, in the spirit, I'm already like, I'm already feeling something like a connection. I'm picking up a connection there and I, I can't really explain it other than that. And he said, well, that's wonderful because we've been praying for that. We've been praying that there would be a connection, you know, and, and uh, that you would you would connect with them and that there would be that, you know, uh, that back and forth. And so so what a wonderful thing, you know, but uh, it, it's awesome. I am looking forward to being able to go. Um, but but the reason I brought this up is because it really is stepping out into the unknown. I don't know much to expect, except, you know, today I was at, he's, he was like asking, you know, any last minute questions is you still feeling good about going? And I was like, yeah, you know, all that. And and I said, you know, some Sometimes I wake up early, and when I do, I like to go for a walk, and I do that. And he's like, well, not really, um, because the, the place we're staying at does have a guard, and that guard leaves at 5. He said, after the guard leaves at 5 a.m., you might be able to. But um, he said, uh, and I said, well, why, why couldn't I? He said, is it, is it people or is it animals? And he's like, well, it's both. You know, it could be both. So uh, my wife told me on the way down here, she said, if you do something stupid and die, I will remarry. So... Um, <laughs> 
So, so you can't, she's like, I don't know if I'm okay with you just going out and, 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 and doing something stupid. I said, well, I'm going to try not to do something stupid because, because contrary to popular belief, I don't exactly want to just die. I mean, it's not something that I, I, you know, I mean, if I have to, I have to. But at the same time, you know, if we can, if we can make it, you know, if I can make it through life without being mauled by a lion, tiger, or monkey, or whatever it is that will kill you over there, uh, you know, uh, praise God, hallelujah. But uh, God is good. He's with us. And, you know, there's a lot. I'm learning more and more of stepping out into the unknown. But, you know, I'm just telling you, folks, as, as you learn to start doing this, as you learn to start doing that, it's such a joy. It's such a joy to follow God. It's such a joy to step into the unknown. And there's such an assurance, you know, I've done so many things in life and had absolutely no idea whether or not it was good or bad or anything else, if there would be anything that would be good that would come of, of it. But you know, when you have that assurance from God, when all you have is assurance, that's all I have. I've got a plane ticket and assurance. Amen? That, that's what I'm banking on right now. And it's just such a blessing to have that. It's such a blessing to have that assurance from God. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't know where all that came from other than the fact that I felt I needed to share it with you. So praise God for it. But uh, let's go ahead and get into tonight's message. I hope you came expecting tonight because I'm expecting. Um, you know, this message came to me. It's called What Divides Us. And this message came to me kind of with a heavy heart. And, 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 and what I mean by that is not necessarily like that it's a big rebuking message. Of course, uh, there, should, there should be correction in this. There will be correction in it for us. Um, and because there's a lot of correction in it for me. And, and the heavy heart that I'm talking about really, I believe, is more supernatural than it was even my own spirit. Because, you know, the reason I have a heavy heart, I'm part of the problem. If, if, if that makes sense. And so, you know, it's, this is just like really, it's, it, this is kind of getting to the heart of some issues and we're just dealing with things uh, uh, here tonight. But you know, it's, it's, it's this idea. So when I preach this message, first of all, I'm not specifically saying that, you know, th this church is doing things bad or our churches are doing things bad or, or Christians at large are doing things bad. I'm just kind of really going on, on, on what can be a tendency in humanity. Amen. And when we understand that, uh, you know, maybe this will help us straighten and iron some of those things out because, you know, the Lord's heart is that we would really work together and accomplish big things. He brings a lot of broken pieces together. You know, when you look at a puzzle, if you look at a puzzle, is everything okay? Okay, because you look down and I didn't know if maybe I had my zipper down or something. And just making sure. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, I checked it four times before I got here. But, uh, you know, maybe it was that fifth one that I didn't check. That, but praise the Lord. But, but you know, think about a puzzle. Uh, a puzzle. I like to put together puzzles. And, you know, puzzles really are, uh, they're, they're, it's a picture of broken pieces is what it is. Yeah. And, and really, you know, broken pieces in of themselves are useless. You know, there's, there's not much to them. And really, that's what the body of Christ is. The body of Christ is a puzzle of broken pieces that comes together and makes a beautiful picture that the Lord has predetermined for it to make. And so as we come together as the body of Christ at large, you know, that matters. But even the body, the body of Christ at small, the local church, the local gathering, the local assembly as it, as it is, amen. Uh, when we come together, as we come together, you know, we come together and fit together in just such a way. And you know this, that, you know, there's, if you're doing a puzzle, at least the way that I do them, my grandparents always taught me this about puzzles, is you always, we always did the outside first. We did the border first and it makes it easier easier to fill in, uh, fill it in. Amen. 
And I've always been impressed with how many pieces are in the border. You think, well, the border is just like, you know, one piece all the way around, but it, it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of, a, a good portion of the puzzle is made up in the border, amen? And you find the four corners and stuff like that, and, you know, all those things are, are important to, to put together. How did I get on this? Do you know what I was saying? Yeah, we're just all these we're, we're all these pieces that come together. Oh, I, I know what it is. Those pieces individually, they're worthless. They don't they, they don't have much use, you know. Uh, there's nothing worse than getting all the way through the puzzle and finding that you have one piece missing. But each of those pieces, this is what I was talking about. Each of those pieces has a specific purpose, you know. And uh, and although though the border is very important, uh, I was thinking about the four corners, and that's what got me on this, the four corners. There's only four corners. There's not many corners, right? There's many pieces that fill, and there's not, there are border pieces, but there's still, there's more pieces in the center, and, and, and those border pieces are on the border. They're on the edge, and that's all they do, and you got one on one side, one on the other side, one on the top, and one on the bottom, and so even more of those are broken down into very specifics, right? And then you have all the pieces in the middle that seem like they could go anywhere, but we know that they don't right they each fit into the place that they fit and they do the part that they're called to, to do um, the puzzle is not complete with all without all the pieces and the same thing is with us as the body of Christ your part if it's not if it's lacking in the body of Christ if you're not fulfilling your part then the body of Christ is missing that piece and the picture will never be complete and so that's the way that it is with us as we come together. We need to understand when we come together, we bring that part. We bring the corner. We bring the edge. We bring something in the middle. It doesn't matter. But even if the one in the middle, you know, you can have all the pieces except for one, and you can still get an idea of the, the picture. But to complete the picture, that one piece is important. It comes down to one piece, doesn't it? So think about that. As we come together as the body of Christ, could it come down to one piece sometimes? And I really believe that it can. But see, what happens is, is the devil likes to get us and divide us. He likes to try to get in there and infiltrate and come up with things. And sometimes they're legitimate things. Sometimes they're legitimate things that stir in us uh, reasons why we could divide. And sometimes you can't uh, help division. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. Sometimes the only thing that you can do is divide. And that's a sad thing when you get to that place. Has anyone been in life where there was something that you needed to resolve with someone else and you just couldn't resolve it? Even though you, maybe you gave everything you could possibly resolve and to, do, to resolve it and you couldn't do it, you couldn't do it, you couldn't do it. And finally you just had to divide. And that's sad because that's a picture that isn't complete then. And you know, as we come together in the body of Christ, we need to understand that there's going to be a temptation. There's going to be things that pull against us. And I've seen them, you know, as we minister, we try to, as we uh, run these churches so to speak we we try to do so in such a way that we mitigate as much of the division as we possibly can but you know the thing that I've learned is that division can come from all angles like sometimes you think well division is this you know um, uh, maybe it's maybe it's that you know uh, 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 too many people have the wrong attitude right but you know, you can get so much attitude about their attitude that you've entered into a different kind of division. And that's the point that God was kind of stirring up in me in this message was, was that, you know, we can, uh, we can do things that alienate people as a church, but people can also alienate themselves because they, they, they see them as something else. You know, um, um, we, we, we've often, uh, uh, I've actually experienced that in our families because in our families we have 
you know, by and large, our families aren't wealthy families. I mean, there may be a few people like anyone's family here and there that, that, that has money or that's wealthy, but by and large, most people weren't. They were more what we would consider humble means with humble jobs and, and things like that, you know. And, uh, but, but the thing is, is I noticed in them, is that people kind of can get an air about them, you know, like they always say, well, the, the rich people are looking down on us, right? The wealthy people are looking down, they look down on us, and they kind of form a group around that, right? But then all of a sudden, if, you really, if they'd really be honest with themselves, they formed a group around what someone else is doing wrong, and now they're looking down on them. And so, you know, uh, you, you can get that in reverse, too. And, and, and I think it's in that reverse that sometimes we get tripped up that we don't see because we try so hard to be something that we lose something else in that. Amen? And so as the church, we can so, try so hard to be the church that we, that we miss the people that aren't the church. But at the same time, we can lose being the church because we're trying so hard to reach somebody else. And so the key is, is to be what God wants us to be and endeavor not to cause division anywhere we're at. Yeah. Amen? To never be divisive. And that, that's a difficult thing, and that's something we're going to walk through. But we're going to look at the word here tonight. Uh, and, and really, this, this uh, message was born out of this idea. I had no scriptures to start with. I actually kind of had to go to the Lord, and I was like, Lord, how can I preach this? Because I, I had these things in my heart, and you know, you know, it's, it's not right to go to scripture to try, try to prove a point. That's not what I was trying to do. But I knew that there's a principle in here that God, uh, that God has in the word, but I was like, I, I wasn't thinking of the scriptures that take us there. But then the Lord revealed these things to me as we went. Amen. And we're going to see some interesting things, I think. So turn with me to Galatians uh, 3. We're going to start there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Galatians 3, verse 28. Hallelujah. It says there, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I love this scripture. I love this scripture because, you know, <clears throat> this really sets it up. This really, actually, this scripture really sets up a lot of things that are commonly missed in the church. You know, some, some churches will divide over the way people are used, whether they're male or female. And really, that's not the intent of Scripture that was never there. But people have, you know, in their, in their doctrines and stuff like that, they've, they, they've, they've kind of uh, pulled those things up. And so not, not to say there's not differences in gender roles, because there certainly is, and there's, there's different things for that. But, that, but we see a man, woman being used. And so we understand that, that God isn't looking at us according to man or woman. He's looking at, uh, uh, under the blanket of Christ, right? And so we can understand that here. But, you know, it's interesting that it says Jew and Greek. And because, you know, to us, to us nowadays, we, uh, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily consider this, think about Jewry. I mean, we know what Jews and Greeks are, but we don't understand the context necessarily. And there's really a lot of context in Scripture about the differences between the Jews and Greeks. Because if you understand, in the time period when the Bible was, the New Testament was, was being written, um, there was a big difference between the Jews and Greeks. And actually, it caused some factions to be had. Yeah. 
It caused a lot of issues, and you see that throughout the epistles. You see these different places where, where the Jews and the Greeks, and, and actually you even see God doing different things. If you look in the book of Acts, you see first he came to the Jews, and the Holy Spirit was, was poured out upon the Jews first, and, and that's chapters 1 through 10, and then all of a sudden, in chapter 10, you all, all of a sudden it, he gets poured out on the others, the Gentiles or the Greeks, and uh, you know, and there's the difference between those two as well, but the idea of all the others. And so, the, you, you know, God was showing some things there too, that he was showing that he wasn't just one-sided. Uh, but one of the big things with the Jews is, you know, there's one scripture that says the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews seek a sign and the Greeks seek wisdom. I was mixing them up there, right? I was getting the Jews and the Greeks, you get Jukes. I don't know if that's proper or right, but uh, you, know, you can do uh, don't do that. But, uh, but, but the Jews, they seek a sign because they were religious. Yeah. And the Greeks, because they were into philosophy, were seeking wisdom. Yeah. And Christ kind of came against both of those things, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, to the, uh, uh, be, be, because to both he was a stumbling block. Amen? And the Bible tells us that. We understand that he was the stumbling block for both of those things because both of those, uh, those, uh, those groups had ideas of the way God was going to do things and, or the way God should do things, and, and God kind of rocked all their theology or their ideas. He rocked their wisdom. He rocked their theology. So he didn't do things the way the Jews thought he would, and, 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 and he didn't give the Greeks all the things that they thought they, that, that they should have either. And that's a really, you know, this is a really interesting uh, uh, scenario here. And then we see this. There's neither Jew nor Greek. They're saying what, what God was saying is that, that, that that's not the thing. That's not the thing that you come together under, and that's not the thing that you divide under. You know, and that's really what this scripture is about is it's about coming against that division. You know, there was that and you see that uh, in the Corinthian church. You see, uh, you, you know, you see that that division kind of coming up there in the Corinthian church. You see Paul saying he's like, you know, who is Paul and who is Apollos except for ministers by, or servants by which you've received uh, uh, you, you know, this ministry. And so, so we understand that he, he was saying that, that, that it doesn't matter if it's Paul or Apollos because people are separating into factions. And, you know, and then you see uh, uh, in, in the book of Acts, you see the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Hellenistic Jews were, or, or Greeks or Jews, or I can't remember what it was right off the top of my head, but they were mad because their widows weren't getting enough of whatever. And, you know, you see that there. And then, of course, in Hebrews and Galatians, you see the Hebrews, uh, the, the, the Jews, uh, you know, kind of dividing again under under their Jewish law and kind of being uh, being tempted to go back to those things and, and still divide over stuff. But see, God didn't divide us; He brought us together. God didn't separate us; He made a way for us to come together in His presence and His grace. And that's what we need to do. Um, but 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 so often we can get tripped up in these different ideas. You know, I'm this denomination, or I was raised this denomination, or I have this, or I have this, or I see it this way, or I see this this way. You know, and it's not about always getting our way or getting the things exactly the way that we want them. But is you know one of the things that we've learned about uh, following. Uh, ministers, different ministers, listening to different ministries that has really helped us is we've learned how to discern. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, we can listen to something and be like, you know, this is good that they're saying here, but it's off what they're saying here. And though to realize that that doesn't make the minister a bad person, it just means that they've got something on, something else they just got off. 
But you're going to miss things too. And it's in those things that we miss that we need those other pieces of the puzzle to come in and fill. See, the problem is, is so often we're trying to find the complete puzzle with just a few pieces. But everybody knows that ch children puzzles aren't very much fun. The fun puzzles are the ones that are a thousand piece that take you days to get through, you know what I mean? That you got to really labor for. And those are the ones that are the most enjoyable. They have the nicest pictures and stuff like that, you know. But, uh, but, 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 but we have to understand that, that we, we are not going to get everything all in one spot. We're not going to, in, in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, you're not going to hear me preach everything perfectly because I don't know everything perfectly, Right? There's going to be other times we're going to have to bring in other ministers or maybe somebody else is going to see something. But see, those things don't lessen our peace. It doesn't lessen what we do. And this is an important thing for us to understand, both as we look at ourselves, because we have to understand, well, maybe my peace doesn't fill a great void, but it fills a void, and that's important. But we also have to understand that other people, even though they might not be filling a great void, the little void that they're filling is important. And, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of like grout on tiles. Tiles are wonderful. People like tiles. I actually don't love tiles, but it's like one of those things, right? Uh, they look nice, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to install them, and it's a lot of work to keep them clean. Uh, and for those reasons, I don't necessarily love tiles. But uh, with tiles, you know, you can have the nicest tiles in the world, but if you never put any grout in them, they can be ruined because of that. Yeah. You know, it can cause issues. And so even though it's a lesser thing, grout's cheap, tiles are expensive, right? Even though it's a lesser thing, it can cause a big issue if it's not taken care of. Stuff can get in there. They can chip, chip away the edges. They uh, break the edges and stuff like that. And so, so we need to understand these things and try to be, at least in our hearts, be open to these things as we approach the world, as we look at people, as we, as we listen to people, uh, you know, not just speaking to people in a way that, that, that we have the answers, but, but really truly listening to what other people say and have to say and, and obviously not listen to heresy and stuff like that. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not making a, 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 a case for listening to bad doctrine, of course, and, you know, so on and so forth. But, but how do we approach how do we approach these things and how do we approach the world? It matters. Amen. Uh, so turn with me to, uh, let's turn to Matthew 18. And we're only going to go to one scripture here, but we're going to go to Mark as well. And we're going to kind of look at the same account in, in, in both, but we're going to spend more of the time in Mark. But we're going to reflect back to Matthew because one of the things in Matthew, uh, the, some of the things we get out of Matthew are really important for this. Amen. Praise God. Matthew 18 and verse 7. Now, when I was putting together this message, you know, there's, there, there, and, and these, both these scriptures in Matthew and Mark were both on my heart. In Mark, if you just want to know, we're going to go to chapter 9, verses 38 through 42. Um, but both of these scriptures were strong on my heart. And they were strong on my heart for various reasons, and mostly the reason was for teaching the message but there's some other things that have kind of come about in, in, in recent times, and there's other things that I've heard, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't preaching against something, because that's the whole purpose of this message, right? The whole purpose of this message was not being divisive. 
You know, my, my, my wife and I, um, we, we were talking. My wife said this very beautifully. She said, you know, we're not, we're not preaching against anything. We're not losing anybody. We're not trying to kick people off the team or join another team or anything like that. You know what we, how we try endeavor to live life? We're endeavoring to live life just following God. And as if we follow God and if we're connected with the people that are following God, guess what's going to happen? We're going to find him. Amen? That's what we're looking for. And so whoever comes in and helps, joins, or whatever, wants to be part of it, that's great. And whoever wants to leave, that's fine too. We're not, we're not judging that. But, but, but we understand, you know, I, I really wanted to, to minister this message. My heart was to, to, to really try to minister this message from a place of purity, not, not being, uh, you know, wrapped up in ideas. And so uh, that's what I'm endeavoring to do here, okay? So um, we see here, uh, in this, this section of scripture in Matthew, in my Bible, is entitled, stumbling blocks yeah. and we're like I said we're going to just read verse 7 now it says here woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks uh, come but woe to that man through whom stumbling blocks come now if you have an older version, if you have a, read a King James Version, I don't know if it's like this in uh, maybe the New King James Version, but I know at least in the King James Version, this might say, I think it says offenses there. And so maybe your version says offenses. Woe to, uh, woe to the world because of offenses. You know, but the, 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 the real understanding of offenses is not just to be offended, but it is a stumbling block. Uh, you know, an offense is, is like a, a, a trap, so to speak, or a stumbling block. It's meant to trip somebody up, to keep somebody from uh, getting to where they're going, and that's where... But the, the Bible here very clearly says, Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks, for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come. So they're going to come. You can't stop them from coming. But woe to that man through whom the stumbling block comes. Now, this is very interesting because as we think about this, it says it's inevitable that they will come. In other words, you can't stop them. You're not going to keep uh, people from getting tripped up over different things. You know, uh, inevitably, if you preach the Bible, you're going to preach something at some point that rubs somebody the wrong way. You can't preach the scriptures and not rub somebody the wrong way because there's stuff in there that will pet your cat backwards. Yeah. Amen? It's just the truth. There's things like that. Uh, there's things in the Bible, you know, you talk about different things. There's something in you that at some point you're going to hear you don't like. And we have to decide. And those can be a stumbling block, uh, 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 truly, you know. But the Bible says, woe to those through whom they come. And this is the point for the message that I really want to talk about. The stumbling block, it's not so much about the one who stumbles or the one who is offended, but it's the one who causes the stumbling. And that's something that should really uh, we, we should open our eyes to. And actually, if you read the rest of the scriptures around this, you really can see that context. What things do we cause? Now, there are things that we cause that we can't help but cause. If you follow Christ truly, you're going to cause people to stumble. Jesus caused people to stumble and so if you preach Jesus, you're going to cause people to get tripped up. Yeah. It's not saying woe to him who preaches the gospel, who preaches the truth, gives someone the truth, and it trips them up. And so they walk away, you know, because there's many people that left Jesus, many people that walked away. And Jesus, there was no woe to Jesus because, because he caused that. 
That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is when we're not careful and we put stumbling blocks in people's ways. When we, we're not careful and we cause offense to people. In other words, if you don't think about the hurt that you cause by the things you do, it's a major issue according to God. And we need to understand that. But those things go both ways. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. It doesn't give the person the right to stumble, to go stumble, but at the same time, it doesn't give the person the right who's causing the block to be there to do it. And so it, get, it kind of hits both sides. But this is important for us to understand because as we, as we go through this life, it's so easy uh, to get wrapped up. I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've endeavored to be good. I've endeavored to be the one that would be the good example to my family or to whoever, right? And inevitably I did something that offended somebody. That's a stumbling block. I did something that caused somebody to get tripped up. That's a stumbling block. And I've felt bad when I've gotten into that place. Have you ever been there where you've done something, you know, you wish you could do it? And that's why we have things like forgiveness and we have things like, you know, uh, sorry and stuff like that, repentance. Uh, and, and those things are important. But, uh, you, you know, those things are going to come. We can't help that. But we need to mitigate those things if we can. Yeah. And the way that we mitigate those things is not by looking at what somebody else is doing to cause you to stumble, right. but looking at what you could do to cause someone else to stumble. Wow. See, when we're so focused on somebody else's peace, which is easy to do, and when I said to you, my heart's heavy, it's because I do this just like you do. I'm not any different in this. I'm not preaching from a place of perfection or a place of even getting it. I just understand what God is saying in this. And because I understand, now I have to do something about that. I have to look at my own life and say, is this thing, am I doing something to cause that? Now, obviously, I don't get down on myself, you know, if I've done something and truly, I, you know, I couldn't do anything about it and somebody was offended or somebody stumbled. That, that, that's between them and God. I can't do anything about that. Amen? But do we mitigate that as much as we can in our own lives? Amen? And this is what, what, what we're after. So we don't want to be the person purposely causing stumbling blocks or even ignorantly causing them. If we're going to cause stumbling blocks, let's at least do it for Jesus. Amen? Let's at least give people stumbling blocks, that, the same ones that he did. But, you know, let's not, uh, let, we have to be very careful about looking into other people's lives and being like, you know, uh, 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 you, you know they're, they're causing people to stumble or they're causing this and that. Because, you know, it, it, there's a lot of people, again, there's a lot of pieces that are needed. Maybe, maybe you're the person that sees that. Maybe you see the problems that other people cause. So you know what you can do? Be the one who's not doing that. But you be the one who's not doing that also by not reversing it and turning it around on someone else. You understand? Because we can get so distracted by the problem that someone else is causing that we don't see where we're missing it ourselves. Because, or, 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 or not just where we're missing it ourselves, maybe we're not missing it, but we don't see what we could do to make it better for someone else. Instead of just doing that, you know, and, 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 and th this is kind of a big thing. I know, uh, you know, maybe a little bit heavy, but th this is one of those things that really is important for us to get as Christians because so often, you know, we're Christians, but we're also Americans and, and we have these ideas of the way things should be and the way we should do things. And, you know, um, sometimes we're just better to keep it to ourselves. Sometimes we're better because, you know, one of the things I've found is that, you know, you can preach at people, preach at people, preach at people, and it doesn't change anything. 
And then after you've done that for a long time, you ask yourself, okay, what am I doing wrong? Right? Yeah. See, you're not loving on people, you're preaching at people. Yeah. And there's a difference between the two. And so, but at the same time, you know, well, praise God, hallelujah. That doesn't mean that we just throw it all aside either. It doesn't mean we throw out the preaching. Uh, turn with me to Mark 9. Mark 9, verse 38. Glory to God. Father, we trust you for all that you have for us. Now we see, you know, I, I was talking about the same, same kind of story, but it's given in Mark's version versus Matthew's version. And it says here, John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he was not following us. Boy, isn't that interesting? We tried to prevent him because he's not following us. See, we're following you, and we know that you're right. So we got, we got, the, we, we got the, the, the corner market, right, on truth. And they're not doing, they're doing this, but they're not doing it following us. Amen? Praise the Lord. But Jesus said, do not hinder him, for there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name and be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Wow. For he who is not against us is for us. For whoever gives you a, a cup of water to drink because of your, uh, of your name as followers of Christ, truly I say to you, he will not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones, uh, these little ones who believe to stumble, it would be better for him if with a heavy millstone hung around his neck, he had been cast into the sea. Now, often when we think about these little ones, of course, we think instantly about children. And, and, and there's, of course, a lot of truth to that. But do you understand, if you, and you can see this even better if you go back to Matthew's parable and you read about it there, you read the, the situation there, um, you actually can see this better there, that Jesus was also using the, the, the children as uh, uh, an example for the disciples, like right, he was comparing disciples to children, like become as a child, and and so when he's saying these little ones uh, to to stumble, he's not just talking about the little ones, although it definitely applies, but it's also talking about other believers. It's talking about other brothers or sisters, other disciples, other people that are interested in learning, causing them to stumble. See, we can cause people to stumble because we're not mindful of the things that we say and the things that we do. And that is equally a problem. It's a problem that we don't often think about. People bust in with their bold, you know, their bold uh, and brash faith, and they, they get in people's faces and they say, you should do this, or you should believe this, or you should think that way, or this way. And that's wrong. But at the same time, it's wrong on the other hand as well. You know, we find this so true. It's like people that are shouting, uh, uh, people who are usually shouting about a problem are also part of the problem themselves. Yeah. Right? I love when you have Hollywood people talking about all these poor people. It's like, all right, well, you make millions of dollars a year. Why don't you start as an example? Right. Live as a middle-class person and give the rest of it away. But we work hard. Well, so does everyone else. You know, and that's the point. And that's what I'm saying is, that, see, there, there's aspects of these things that are, that, that are, are, are multiple sides to it. You know, uh, you, you know uh, praise God. 
you know, there, there's, uh, you know, people, they, they uh, I know this is pastoring. This is one of those things that can be difficult sometimes as a pastor because it feels like I always am trying to convince people of things. Yeah. Like that's part of what my job is, is always convincing people of things. And to be honest with you, I hate it. I, I don't mind speaking and teaching the truth and telling the truth and all that stuff. I love that. I hate convincing people of it. I don't mind teaching the truth. I don't mind uh, uh, sharing the truth. I hate convincing people of it. Why? Because convincing people of it means that they're doubting you, and when they're doubting you, it's annoying. And one of the things is, is you know, it's like, you, you know, we have a lot of things we do in our life as pastors. There's a lot of things that my wife and I have to partake of that a lot of people don't see. You know, uh, they don't see us, uh, you, you know, they don't see us in the middle of the night when we're dealing with somebody or dealing with something. They don't see us when you're traveling and, 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 and being away from your family and going to places that you're not being on vacation and stuff, stuff like that. These are just things that people don't see. They see, you know, like, oh, Monday morning, Pastor Jeff is, you know, driving by in the Jeep or something like that with the top open. Well, well, that was because that was, I was going from one place to another. Do you know that there's sometimes there's places I won't even drive by because I know if people see me, they'll think I'm just out playing. But I'm actually one thing. I actually happened, had that happen to me this week. But I was from going from one appointment to the other appointment. I just had the top open on the Jeep while I was doing it because it was a nice day. But, you know, people see that and they all, all automatically think, well, you know, you've got to be playing or something like that. See, but, but this is kind of part of what I'm saying. And the message didn't come because, oh, woe is me. This is the way people look at me as a pastor or whatever. Because, you know, ultimately I'm justified between, God, between me and God. And, and, and that's what matters. But my point in saying that is, is that I, I've become well acquainted with the fact that people don't see multiple sides to things. They don't see, they don't endeavor to see the other side of what other people deal with. And in that, we're missing something. We're causing stumbling blocks for other people because maybe we speak about things that we don't understand. Maybe we, we start stirring these things up. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not called to divide each other. We're called to bring each other together. We're called to look at the truth and see how we can come together around the truth. Amen? Praise the Lord. And that may, might look different. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, like in a church service, like this. Sometimes it's going to be on a Friday night, doing your thing on a Friday night, getting together with a group of people and talking about the Lord. Sometimes it's going to be in your friendships. Sometimes that's all it's ever going to be. But, you know, the thing is, is that we, our job isn't to figure out all of that and how, how, how to make that. We allow God to bring all the pieces together because he's the puzzle maker. We just be the puzzle piece we're supposed to be. We be obedient and, 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 and uh, uh, thankful in the place where God has placed us and allow God to do in us what he wants to do. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And so when we see these parallels uh, here, uh, you, you know, Jesus was bringing out a very important truth that if somebody is, is for Jesus then they can't soon be against them, or they're not likely to soon be against them. That's not to say that somebody never could. Um, but, but the point is, is that, you know, don't hinder somebody from doing something good, especially if it's producing something good. Amen? So let's look at what somebody's producing and, 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 and judge that even more than, 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 than their methods or whatever else. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not staying, saying to stray away from the word. The word's important. We have to have the word as a foundation. But, uh, you know, there's going to be some understanding sometimes in the word that we're going to see a little bit differently, and that's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, it's important to have the word as our foundation. That, that keeps us, uh, that always keeps us safe. Amen? 
and in the place we need to be. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And so as we, uh, as we are the church, as we go forward being the church, it is so imperative that we look at the world through these goggles, through these lenses. You know, um, I, we were driving through Mayville today. Um, actually, we, we went down to Westfield, and we went through Mayville today, and there was big doings in Mayville and big doings in Westfield. And we just went to kind of run an errand, basically, more or less. But uh, everything, it seemed like everybody that we encountered, everybody except for one, precious, precious young woman, but everybody we encountered made me mad. And they didn't make me mad because I was just being a jerk, but they made me mad because everybody was kind of nasty and snarky. Everyone that we ran across. In fact, when we left Westfield, the last part, I said to, I said to my wife and my daughter, I said, is it just me or does everybody seem like they're in a bad mood today? And they're like, no, we picked it up too. I mean, we, one guy we're talking to about chickens and then all of a sudden we were talking about something else and he starts almost yelling at us about like weird stuff and, you know, like stuff we have no control over. And we're like, well, that, that doesn't have anything to do with us, you know. There's people in Mayville today doing car washes, these kids, and they're like running out into the street and like they weren't, uh, you know, you know how, you know, a lot of times when they're doing car washes, they're like, people are excited about it and they're just like happy. It wasn't that. They were like boldly commanding you, go there. And they had nasty looks on their faces when they were telling. Oh, it was weird. I'd never seen anything like it. But it was like the, the flavor of the day was like nastiness. I'm like, what is wrong with people today, you know? And as we were coming back through Mayville, I'm, I, I'm going through, and these kids, they cross, I mean, they're teenage kids, so they're kid kids, they should know better, but they cross the, the, you know, there's the white line on the side, you have the two white lines, and there's the yellow line in the middle. They cross the white line into a busy road, like a few feet into it, to the point where I have to swerve over to get around them, trying to get me to come into a, uh, into a car wash. I was, yeah, into a church car wash, by the way. But I, and, it, and it made me mad. And I said to my wife, I was like, if I didn't pastor in this town, uh, you better believe I would have had the horn on and maybe stayed a little bit close as I did it. You know, and, and, but, and, and the, that I said that, you know, I know I've, I've corrected myself for saying that before. But as I said that, I wasn't unjustified in what I was saying. I was justified in saying, hey, you adults at the very least should have these dumb kids get out of the middle of the road because right. it's dangerous for them to be there, right? At the very least, we should do that. But then to have them yelling at people like that is, is unacceptable too. And so, uh, you know, that, all of that. But see, here's the thing. I said to my wife as we were driving by, and I didn't beep the horn or lay on the horn as we were driving by, I said to my wife, I was like, see, the church doesn't need one more thing for people to look at it, because they know that people know that I'm the pastor, and maybe they didn't, but you better believe if I laid on the horn, somebody that knew that I was a pastor, or sees that truck sitting at the, at the church on Sunday morning, would say, hey, there's that church person at the very least, and they were, you know, they were being nasty uptown and stuff like that. And, but you see, a situation where I would have been justified in beeping the horn. You know, the horn is put in the vehicle to deter stupid people from walking in the road in front of vehicles. That's because that's dumb when you move in front of a... Uh, you know, when I grew up, we had a healthy fear of a moving, you know, what, 3,000-pound vehicle, 4,000-pound... What do they weigh? What does a vehicle weigh? Anywhere close to that? 
but, but yeah, a couple tons coming down the road. Like we had a healthy fear of that. And so if it was coming down the road, we moved. But kids lost that over there because respect is gone, all that stuff. But you know, the thing is, is that the horn is there for purposes like that. But look how damaging it could have been. And so sometimes your horn, even though it was been given to you for a purpose, you can use it in the wrong way. Or not considering the way that you're using it, the place that you're using it, the timing that you're using it. You understand? And so it's not that we need to be a fearful of these things, but I believe, I have this belief, and I have this belief because I believe the Lord showed me. You judge it. But I believe if we would spend the time that we complain, if we would spend the time that we get mad, if we spend the time that we have discussions, if we'd spend that time looking at ourselves, we probably would beep the horn a little bit less. Metaphorically speaking, we'd probably be screaming at people a little bit less. You see, if we would look at ourselves, we don't have to get so worked up about it, but if we would look at ourselves and judge ourselves, as the Apostle Paul said, we will not be judged. Paul, Paul said that? Somebody said that. It was in the New Testament. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so, uh, you, you know, just, it's just, just these thoughts, you know, uh, you know coming to me of how, do, how does the world perceive us? How do people perceive us? Amen? Um, but also, brothers and sisters, there's a side to this to not lose heart when somebody just ain't going to perceive you right. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I uh, as, and this is another thing I can speak to. Hey, buddy. <laughs> uh, this is another thing I can speak to from the, the, the standpoint of pastoring is that sometimes you will do and you will do and you will do and you will do and people still won't accept it. And you got to be okay with that too. Sometimes you're going to be extra good to people and they're going to still find something wrong with you. And in that case, we can't lose heart either. We can't allow that to become a stumbling block for us. We can't allow that to slow us down and stop us from doing what we know to do. You know, Paul said, it was Paul that said, I became all things to all people. And I love that scripture. I love the idea that you, that you consider who you're with and you, and, and you do your best to, 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 to meet them there, yeah. right? But at the same time, we can't be moved when we try to meet them there and they don't meet us there. And so what is it that we're doing in the world? How are we, we, you know, we can tend to get frustrated over these things. And, and honestly, in, in recent times, I've seen lots of people get frustrated over these types of things. People getting frustrated over what's not happening or they're perceiving, you know, you know, however, in both ways. And so really, this is a both-way sermon, amen? This is like touching us on, well... This is a both-way sermon. Then it'll be better to say it just like that. You know, that, we, that, 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 that it's, it's reaching these bo both sides of these things. Don't be a stumbling block and don't stumble over a stumbling block. You know, when they're there, they're there and you can't do anything. If you could have moved it, you, you would have and that's fine. But if you would have moved it, if you could have and you couldn't so you didn't, there's nothing wrong with you. It's okay. And you can move forward still in faith even though what you wanted to happen didn't happen. Even though the way you saw it should happen didn't happen. You can be okay with that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Finally, we're going to go to 1 Peter 4. And I was... I love this scripture so much. This is, this is one of my... 
I can't say it's one of my favorite scriptures because I have a lot of favorite scriptures, and what does that mean anyways? But, you know, I, I, this, is, this is just a, one of those scriptures I just love and I think about often. 1 Peter 4, and I was just going to go to verse 8, but I figured I, I, I might as well take you all the way to verse 11 because there's, there's good stuff all the way through there, amen? Yeah. So 1 Peter 4, starting in verse 8. It says, above all, keep fervent love in your heart for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, this is a great scripture. And I, I used to, man, I used to look at the scripture. I was like, love covers a multitude of sins. So if I screw up, you screw up. That, 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 that uh, if we just love on each other, we'll get past it, right? But that's not what it means. Now, see, I actually studied this out some time ago, and it's really interesting. That, 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 the phrase, the love covers a multitude of sins, literally talks about, it's, it's the idea of covering something over so it can't be seen. So in other words, when you, when, when you read this in context, what you understand is that, that, that we are, the way we are to love one another is to cover over each other's sins. Now, let me say this. So this is not giving us license to hide somebody who's being abusive or doing something like that. That's not what this means. But what this means is, is you're not perfect, and I'm not perfect. And if we're truly walking in love toward one another, when you're not perfect my love will come in and say, you know what, that's okay, and I'll cover it over. And when you're not perfect, or when I'm not perfect, your love will come in and say, that's okay, we can cover it over. How do you get past when you don't agree with somebody in, in your local church? Love covers a multitude of sins. Put that blanket of love right over top of it. Say, you know what, I have no reason to be against you if we're for the same Jesus, Right? We're, we're fighting for the same Jesus. Maybe we don't see eye to eye, but we're just going to cover that on over. Again, this is not blanketing over, uh, uh, you know, abuse or somebody who is doing some really wrong things. I never would advocate for that. In fact, I, I'm a, a strong proponent of fighting that kind of garbage uh, to the point where, where, where sometimes things need to be called out. I found this in leadership a lot. Leadership, uh, leadership loves to, to, to lead, right? And I, I really try to be a leader that doesn't lead by force or lead by, uh, uh, by uh, 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 yeah, like a barbarian. You know, somebody who's dictating everything. I try not to be that. Sometimes things need to be dictated. And if they need to be dictated, and I have to, I will. But I don't think that we should walk this as a dictator. But, you know, sometimes they need to be called out. Sometimes it needs to be brought up to them. Listen, you're not my God. Praise the Lord. There ain't no man that you're God. There's no woman that you're God. Amen? But God. But, you know, that stuff aside, when we're just talking about some of the simple things, we can cover each other's sins. And look how it says here, uh, how it goes on. This is why I added it, because it, it's just so good. Uh, I believe the Holy Ghost added it. But uh, be hospitable to one another without complaint. So when we see that again, Love covering the sins. Now be hospitable to one another. In other words, treat, treat people the way you'd want to be treated, right? Like if, you come into a house, if they come into your house and you see they're uncomfortable, make them comfortable. You, you, you know what I mean? If, like I'm the kind of person that like if, you come, if I know you're coming over to my house and you like something, I'm going to try to have that if I can have that for you. Why? Because that's what hospitality is. See, where a lot of people live, and this is actually can be a stumbling block, the way a lot of even Christians, and too many Christians live this way, they don't consider the other person coming over. 
They're like, I remember this one time early on, we had this family that invited us. They're, they're not parts of the church anymore. We love them still and, and, and stuff, but they invited us over the, uh, for dinner. And, and they, uh, they, know, they knew that my wife was uh, a vegetarian. And the wife said, well, uh, and, and she doesn't ever expect anything from anybody to produce, you know, provide anything special for her or anything like that. But, you know, there is this aspect of hospitality where you think about other people which you should, you know. Um, but the, 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 the wife just said, well, I made, uh, I made beef stew. You can eat the potatoes out of the beef stew. So in other words, you can eat beef-flavored potatoes, a vegetarian, you know, and it's just like, and, and, and it's not, I'm not saying that to, you know, I didn't tell you who it was, or I'm not, we're not saying the person was bad. But see, this is what, that's not good hospitality. Hospitality is, you know, I, I see something you like or I want to provide for you. And that's not a wrong, that's a very good Christian thing to do. In fact, the fact, the fact that a, a good host takes themselves outside, sometimes even their own comfort zone, in order to provide for their, you, you know, there was people that would do that. They would, uh, you know, if they, they came to your house, travelers back in the day, they came to your house, they would get the good bed. You know, and I, I wouldn't even do that now. But you understand that that, 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 that was the kind of thing that, the, you know, and that, that was expected of people, right? But be hospitable with one another without complaint. Amen. Uh, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards. See, a good steward, the Bible calls us to be good stewards. And how are we to do that? By employing the special gift that God has put in us. What is the special gift God has given you? Well, only you can learn that. Do you know how many people, though, don't even care to, 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 to find out where, where their gifting is or to use that for the body of Christ, to serve one another? That's what we're called to do. Uh, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, whoever speaks to do, uh, is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified um, through Jesus Christ, uh, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Um, no, notice it does not say that if someone does not have your gift to judge them for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some people are really good at talking. My son here, he, he's good at just talking to people. My son Mark. He just, he has a way with people. And a lot of times it's, you know, he has a real way with, with, with downtrodden people. People don't necessarily, uh, you know, want to know God, but he has this way of talking to them. And so, like, that's a gift. Yeah. Employ that. You better employ that. Sometimes you do other things too, and that's fine, you know, but you know what I'm talking about between, you know, uh, when you have to. But, 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 but uh, you, you know, uh, uh, yeah, employ that gift. Being that person, you know, there's, see, the, the Bible, the, the, the Word teaches us, the Spirit teaches us that as we give ourselves to these things, that God will develop these things in us to be used in a way that's greater. But if we don't ever do that, if we just sit around looking at what the other person lacks all the time, we miss the gift that we're trying to establish and the things that God wants to do us in us. Amen? So let's not walk around judging each other and keeping each other, you know, like, uh, you know, always looking bad or making sure everybody else knows how bad everybody else is. But, but looking for a way that we don't put a stumbling block in our brother's path. And I will say this. <clears throat> Most of the bad name of a church, of the church in general, has been made in the name of Christianity. 
If you're using God to drive people and it drives people away, you're probably not using God right. <coughs> you know what I mean by using God is using the gifts of God, the things of God, the, the Spirit of God. You know, the Spirit of God is not making you speak nasty to a waitress. Spirit of Christ will make you be sweet to the waitress when she's nasty to you. I say that because I, I, I know people, spiritual people, who are, who are terrible when it comes to dealing with people in public. That's not very spiritual. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not poking fun at people. I'm, not trying, I'm just saying it's not very spiritual. The, the Spirit of God it, it, you know, was give, given to Jesus. You know, there's this old saying, it was actually a song back in the 70s, that you're, you're, you're too spiritual, or you're so spiritual, you're no earthly good. You know, and actually, even if you listen to that song, which is a pretty good song, actually, but if you listen to the song, the whole concept of the song is, see, see you're missing what you're supposed to be doing by being too spiritual. It's not a compliment to be too spiritual that you're no earthly good. It's actually a knock against you. Jesus was so spiritual that he did the most earthly good. And that was a beautiful thing. Brothers and sisters, we're called to the same thing. Let's not be a stumbling block for each other. Let's not make it harder for each other to do our job. And let's not be a stumbling block for those on the outside. Amen?